want to get service, selection, and price so low. The record archive is the place to go. As the grasp of the planetary COVID waxes and wanes, we do our best to remain sane. Welcome to episode 75, <laughs> the night of the cobra. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. You're getting deep over there. <laughs> <laughs> deep, chamber pot deep. <laughs> so how was your week? My week was, um, I, I'd like to say it was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't especially good. I There'll was, be better ones. Yeah. And worse. Yeah. Yeah. It was a week, I suppose. How how was yours? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> about the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to wish you a national cream filled donut day. Ooh, thank you. All right. Cream or custard? Uh, cream. Okay. Don't, I don't love custard-filled donuts, so no. okay. that's a good one. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so quickly going into pocket, mm. our pocket, your pocket, the pocket. The communal pocket. Yeah. Um, LA Times reports FBI investigating after alarmed pilot tells LAX Tower, we just passed a guy in a jetpack. <laughs> that sounds like a movie. It, but it's like real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the FBI, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the FBI is launched an investigation after an American Airlines pilot said he saw what appeared to be a man flying with a jetpack Sunday night near LA International Airport. <laughs> Tower, American 1997. We just passed a guy in a jetpack. The first American Airlines pilot stated as he puts a call into the control tower. <laughs> and they responded, American 1997. Okay, thank you. Were they off to your left or right side? Off to left side, maybe 300 yards or so, about our altitude. And then a second pilot chimes in and says we just saw the guy pass us by in the jetpack that's great <laughs> from JetBlue. what what was the altitude i wonder i don't know it doesn't say but no. that's they that's a miss yeah yeah they should have put that in there yeah, for sure that's great <laughs> can you can you imagine being on an airplane that's some like tales for of the crypt shit right there. Mm. Tales from the crypt. There's something on the wing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a Twilight Zone. Or a Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's crazy though. I, I want to know how high up it was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could try and like do a little research while we kick off our locals. All right. We, we got a... Uh, we have something new and something... I'm not going to say old, but not new. Yeah. And uh, yeah... Definitely, definitely got some good stuff this episode. All right. Well, let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. I'm going to massacre this name. So this is a, a cool, the first song we're going to hear is a cool uh, song by a black metal band. 
that is local out of Rochester. Mm-hmm. Um, and the band is Black Usurper, and the song, sorry about the pronunciation, is Hello Morgansone. I'm sure you nailed that. Oh, yeah. They're very proud of you right now. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, and then we're going to play Fatal Curse with the song Priestess of Fire.
So that black usurper is uh, cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I you know we keep digging and things keep appearing. There's like an endless supply of, of really interesting and cool music in the area and surrounding areas. Indeed. Endless. And I heard through the grapevine that Fatal Curse is working on new material. Really? Yeah. You want to know another fun fact about Fatal Curse? I do. The drummer is the mayor of Moravia. He is. Yeah. The mayor. Mayor. <laughs> um. So I have a an answer to your question about high how high up the jetpack man was. Okay. Three thousand feet. Really. That's really high. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty high. <laughs> what was he doing? <laughs> he was jetpacking, man. <laughs> that's great. Knock knock. Who who who's there? I eat mop. I eat mop who. <laughs> you eat your poo. Oh Gross. man. <laughs> <laughs> You motherfucker. <laughs> so uh, we have a cool episode today. We do. Talk about it. We do. All right. So uh, a few years ago, three, four years ago, we're at the Bug Jar, local venue that is beloved. And we're, I think, dedicating this episode to the Bug Jar. Yeah, because without the Bug Jar, this episode would not be happening. No. Um, so we're there. uh checking out some bands and between sets between bands they were playing some music didn't know what it was it turned out to be shazam venomous mac yeah we use shazam venomous venomous maximus Mm -hmm. from houston and kind of went home looked it up on spotify checked it out liked it a lot um got into their other material and became a fan. Yep. And then uh, I think recently um, we saw that this band Night Cobra released some material. Yep. Started so, listening to that. Was yep. like, this is cool heavy metal stuff. Uh, looked at that. Looked at the members in the band, and uh, there's a guy, the singer <laughs> of. There's a guy. A guy. <laughs> there's a, the singer of uh, Night Cobra. Um, was played guitar in Venomous Maximus. And he is also the singer and guitarist of Necrofire. And he's also a concert promoter in Houston. And he puts on the Hell's Hero Festival, Hell's Heroes Festival in Houston. And we asked him if he wanted to chat on the show. And he's an interesting guy that's involved with a lot of cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's who we're talking to today. Awesome. So. Um, yeah, so let's kick it off. You want to kick it off with some Night Cobra, right? Yeah, we're going to hear a, a song from Night Cobra, and then we're going to go into our chat with, with Christi- Christian. Christian Larson. Uh, we're going to hear the song Escape from Earth by Night Cobra.
Christian. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey. How are you? I'm good. It's a busy day, so, but I feel like I got everything done by like five minutes ago. So oh, perfect. So thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And maybe before we get into all of the projects you've been involved with and are involved with, can you tell us how you got started listening to metal, how you got into metal in the first place? I, I got into metal when I think I was, I how old it was in, 12 or 13-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad's close friend from Norway visited and I had no idea what metal was, but his son was like 16 mm-hmm. and he bought every single metal record I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was all Rust in Peace, Peace Cells, Overkill, Slayer. And I don't even remember listening to most of it at the time. I just remember seeing all the covers yeah. being so intrigued. Yeah. Because especially back then, I feel like every album cover ruled. Right. Right. Back then... And you couldn't get on the internet and listen to anything, so it was, he would just check out all these CDs, and I just remember being like, this stuff looks so cool. Yeah. I remember when I was when I was like 13 or 14, I'd go to the record store, and a lot of times I'd be buying stuff just based on the artwork. <laughs> and, and well, you'd have to do that. Yeah. That's what it used to be. You'd be like, okay, this name's good. These guys look legit. The right. Record, the artwork's good. All right, let's try this out. Right. And, and it usually worked, but... There were times where it failed mm-hmm. miserably, but <laughs> you had to take the no, chance. Yeah, you can't win it all the time. <laughs> so how did you get uh, playing the guitar? Um, I always wanted to play guitar. Uh, my parents kind of fought me for a while on it. <laughs> so I mean, the first guitar I bought was like a classical guitar I picked up from an antique shop because it was uh, my parents' friend's antique shop only, and it was 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I started playing guitar back then, and shortly after I turned, I don't know, 15, I think, all I listened to was punk, so it was just power chords galore for years. Yep. <laughs> because especially when you start playing, you can't really do anything. You can make songs and do whatever you want, especially in a punk band, so. Uh, Got back into metal like heavily probably when about eighteen, nineteen. Okay. And then it was like all sorts of metal. Like when I was younger, it was mostly I'd say uh, Triple Pro, Megadeth, Metallica, stuff like that. And then like Slayer and some things. You know, like older, it was just everything from I don't know Molly Crew to um, like right when High Fire Mastodon came out. Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you listen to hair metal still today? I do. I bought a Doc and Rector earlier. <laughs> oh, nice. We do, too. Yeah. We go to M3 every year, so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. when it was a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's It's been canceled, I think, permanently, but <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully we make I it back. I mean, I listen to stuff that's all over the place, but I listen to, I listen to clan metal. I listen to a lot of dark wave. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But the other records I picked up today were Sessions of Mercy, so there you go. Nice. Nice. I, I don't know if this is just my misinterpretation, but I, I kind of hear some dark wave influences in um, the Venomous stuff. There's a ton of that in Venomous, especially uh, Greg was really into dark wave as well, so he was always trying to sneak it in there. Yeah, cool. 
So, are you still involved with Venomous? I'm not. No. Uh, me and Trevi left the band a couple of years ago. So, on on the No Warning record, you were listed as um, playing synth guitar. Is that accurate? Somewhere, like like a long time, we went to go because uh, we did that record with uh, Joel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And Joel's really in synth. I mean, I think he has two. He's, just, he's really in the synth. But he, I was like, how do I get into this? And he's like, check out these models, get that. So I got one. And then I just kind of put some rudimentary synth stuff on that record. But I mess with it a lot more now. <laughs> That's cool. Do you, um, I've, I've kind of messed with some, uh, I mean, they were really cheap model, like synth guitars. And, um, there was kind of issues. Oh, no, with- it wasn't. It wasn't, did it say synth guitar on it? I think it did on Metal Archives, which yeah. is, is always 100% accurate. <laughs> that's our Bible. Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm like, I, didn't, uh, I don't actually own a synth guitar. But like, I use like a cork mini log on that record. Okay. All right. <laughs> Interesting. No, you use but the awesome. synth guitar. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we, we, we can just go with synth guitar. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If someone handed me one of those, I'd, I would keep it. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm going to go search one out. <laughs> right. So you were involved also with Eternal Champion? Yeah, yeah the first thing, uh, thing with Eternal Champion was uh, Bongo and Greg and me from Venomous were in it uh, for at least the first well, for the first seven inch. Nice. nice. After that, like Venomous was too busy and there was no, like, uh, Jason... Uh, had plans and like we were like there was uh, no way we would be able to do both mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course the current champion came on to be who they are now so then what was next after that for you Necrofire yeah after um, after Venomous uh, my friend Dahmer plays in Oceans of Slumber and put up a post saying he wanted to do a black metal project and I said I had all these black metal riffs written. So uh, we jammed, and then it became a thing pretty quick. That's cool. Uh, really we actually j- just wrapped up recording the first, our first full length mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And it's in the process of being mixed and mastered, so that should be out, I believe, next spring. Nice, nice. And you have the EP on uh, Bandcamp, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, very cool. Good stuff. And then after, like actually, even before it did Necrofire, I was messing with Night Cobra, except we, it, uh, Charlie from Venom is in Night Cobra. Mm. And we kind of went back, we were playing with two of our friends, Bill and Cheech. And we were just, we were just working on stuff, and I didn't feel like it was where it needed to be. And I couldn't really sing the way I should sing, but play guitar. Mm-hmm. So we finally asked our, uh, Brandon, who's playing it now. And everything seemed to come together pretty fast after that. But Brandon added the extra, like, kind of flair we needed on guitar, and then me not having a guitar in my hands and being able to just sing kind of set me free so I could do what I wanted, and everything seemed to work out a lot better. Do you like, um, does it depend on the style of music you're playing? Like, like in Necrofire, your guitar and vocal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it, does it depend on, like, the style of uh, the music? whether you want to do both at the same time or, 
or a guitar I don't or vocals. Really know how that worked out with Necrofire, other than I feel like maybe I just had to do it and it worked out. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, doing Necrofire, it's it's it feels a lot more natural playing it and doing it to me than uh, trying to do Nycover. It just wasn't there. Like I just couldn't. Uh, I don't know. I kept trying it. It didn't work out. Got you. That's cool I can't stuff. really explain it. I don't. So, has or would Night Cobra and Necrofire play at the same venue the same night? We were supposed to play the same night for the South by Southwest showcase in March. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. But it, got, it ended up getting canceled before. Uh, I don't really want to do it too often. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I'm not a fan of really playing two shows one night. Yeah. I'm okay with it, but especially like singing in two bands. Yeah, that's gotta be hard. Much. Yeah, it seems like if, if I was just playing guitar in both bands, I don't think I'd really mind it. But especially singing and the singing styles are so dramatically different. Yeah, yeah. Do you so just like if you had, would there be an order for that? Like if you did, Necrofire before Nightcrawler, would that affect? your Night Cobra vocals, the way you sing in, in Necrofire? Mm, I've done my practice both in the same day, and it was a little strange. Yeah. But I guess if I just don't, if, uh, if I don't overdo it, it should be okay. But in theory, I think it'd be easier to do Night Cobra first and Necrofire afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Got you. So um, I think we mentioned yesterday you were supposed to play Maryland Death Fest 2020. It's been postponed to 2021. Yeah, fingers crossed 2021. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We're there every year. It's our favorite yeah, festival. Yeah, so we'll definitely be checking that out. Hopefully you'll be there. Sweet. <laughs> Hopefully it'll happen. I also do um, I do a festival in Texas called Healthy Road. That was my next question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you talk about that? <laughs> uh. We had to cancel last year, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on for 2021 yet. Did they cancel it or postpone it like they did Maryland Death Fest? We ended up just canceling because I canceled it right when uh, right when stuff started happening. And I didn't really want to reschedule anything for the fall. Good and thing. Trying to just email everybody and try to email everybody and be like, "Hey, can you do this date next year?" I feel like everybody started doing that like two weeks after I canceled it. So, I, but. I offered every anybody that had a ticket that they could just honor their ticket. Like it's, we sent out an email, and you could just have your ticket honored for the next year, or if you want a refund, you could get it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I plan to do the same, at least a similar lineup of the one that was booked for uh, 2020 when it appears again. Where? What venue are you? Is that at White Oak or somewhere? Yeah, else? It'll be White Oak. White Oak, yeah. White Oaks were. Um, where I work, my regular job is uh, I book shows. So, so is that um, is that associated with Pegstar? Yes. Yeah. The Pegstar is a, a concert company I worked with forever, and uh, we opened the venue, so it's all kind of one and the same. Mm-hmm. How, what's going on? Like, what do you do now with with all that? Shuffling hold back continually. <laughs> So right now it looks like maybe we'll have some shows in the spring. Maybe it'll happen next fall. But you know everything's up in the air. Mm-hmm. Are you completely shut down right now? Yes. Yeah. 
So, like, for a concert promoter, it, it kind of seems, and this is my ignorance, but it, I would, to me, it seems like kind of real estate, where you're kind of taking a gamble on certain things and waiting for a payout, like, maybe, you know, several months apart sometimes. Is it is that how it is or, or no? Can you, are you talking about in general? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say concert promoting is just one big gamble. It seems like a hard business. It's glamorized a lot more. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love it, but it's, I mean, you're just taking a risk on everything all the time if, you know, people are going to show up to the show and decide you having to know if those bands draw or people are, you know, or what's going on with them, other things affect it, you know, weather, sports, you know, all that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. So you went to school for marketing, right? I did. So is that kind of the direction you knew you always wanted to go? Or did you just happen upon promoting? I did an internship at what was Clear Channel back in the day. Oh, okay. For marketing. And a booker came and spoke to us at one of our like weekly things where people came in and I was like, oh, I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Because marketing was, I mean, I, I was going to school, and my parents really wanted me to go to school. So marketing, I picked because I figured I could get a job with a marketing degree. Yeah. Rather than getting a history or psychology degree or something. Yeah. Is there anything that you draw from your education that you use today for promoting? I mean, in general, like, uh, everything I learned is how, you know, you mark, like, it helped me market shows or market bands I'm in and things like that. I don't know if I could directly tell you something that I learned in school that I used, but I mean, the foundation was basically taught. Yeah, yeah. Do they do they talk about Ed Bernays in marketing class? <laughs> do they talk about what? Ed Bernays? Um, I don't think so. No. It's been he, a long time. Though. Yeah. He was like... Considered the the grandfather of of public relations, <laughs> I guess he was like the uh, grandson of Sigmund Freud. There's a really interesting. I don't recall it happening, but yeah. I mean, I went to school. How long ago was that? It's like 15 years ago I graduated, so mm. I don't really know. So it was a while ago. There's a there's an interesting series on. It was I think it was BBC that put it out. Not to get too sidetracked with all this, but um, <laughs> it was called the Century of the Self, and it was about like. Um, hit, like him and Sigmund Freud and like their um, kind of manipulation of public perception and um, like control of mass populations of society, manipulation and stuff I'm like that. Into this kind of stuff, like is it streaming somewhere? Please send me a link. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It talks about like smoking. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth watching. It's long. I think each episode is like maybe over an hour long and there's I think okay, nine, cool. nine of them or something. It, it's on YouTube or it was, I'll, I'll send you a link. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm really into that kind of stuff. I read a bunch of, uh, stuff that kind of floats around, like things like that. Cool. Cool. So you said you were into, um, science fiction. Yeah. Whenever, um, when I was a teenager, like my best friend was a big Robert Heinlein fan. So after that, like, uh, I mean, besides, you know, the usual stuff, like Star Wars and things like that. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid. Uh, maybe obvious stuff like Blade Runner and then John Carpenter stuff. I mean, the 
Psycholer EP is roughly based on the third movie of the trilogy that never happened, Escape from Earth. That's cool. So, There's a weird divide, though, on the Escape from L.A. thing, where I feel, I feel like some of my friends that are younger don't think it's that bad, but anybody I know that's over, I would say at this time, 47, is just like, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I like it, so I don't care. Yeah, that's that's all that matters. What do you think of like the the um the newer series of like the futuristic um like um Black Mirror or Electric Dreams? Have you seen any of those series on Electric Dreams is really, really good. Uh Black Mirror I like. I haven't seen all of it, but I mean a lot of the stuff I've seen is really good. Yeah. Some of it gets a little weird, yeah. but um I like the concept behind it. We yeah. We liked we liked it a lot. Um I think when Netflix picked it up, they kind of soured it a bit. And then when Miley Cyrus showed up on it, we were like, nah, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get, I mean, I've I've watched like parts of series here and there and uh, usually I'll get onto it. And so I'm like, this is freaking me out. I got to stop this for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it is. Electric, like Electric Dreams I liked a lot. Also, Altered Carbon was really good. Oh yeah. I, I saw that listed on there. We haven't seen that one though. Have to add that to the list. Being in Houston, have you always lived in Houston? I have. Yeah. Was um was Hellstar uh, an influence on you? Is Hellstar liked in Houston like they are in the rest of the world? Hellstar is liked in Houston. I think. I don't know. I can't speak to the rest of the world. But I feel like Europe really loves Hellstar. Mm-hmm. But then we played with this played with Hellstar a bunch. I've had them on Health Heroes. Me and James talk all the time. Nice. They're good dudes. And they're a great band. Yeah. Yeah. They actually just, their new single they put out is really good if you haven't heard it. We have heard it courtesy of Dustin Hardman at AFM Records, and we are going to play it now so everyone else can hear it. This is Black Wings of Solitude, and it is out October 2nd on Massacre Records.
So uh, I had a question kind of about Houston. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big question. So like we're in, we're in Rochester. We have a really, for the size of our city, it's like 200 and I think 208,000 people. It's not a big city. Yeah. But we have a really kind of close-knit, great metal scene. And for the most part, everyone gets along. There's, you know, there's conflict here and there, but everyone's pretty supportive of each other and knows each other and gets along. Um, and what is that like in in a city like Houston where, you know, you have over 2 million people? What is that? Is there like a camaraderie or is it not? There is. Uh, like any big city, there's like, you know, a group usually that that shows in band, like, you know, guys that have been in bands forever or, uh, everybody seems to get along really well. I mean, since the city is so big, there is, especially when you go to bigger shows, just, you know, random people that don't, aren't around all the time. Yeah. Or things like that. But I would say the core of it's pretty tight. Uh, you would see the same people, you know, at, you know, certain kind of shows, you see the same people show up, especially when it's like a smaller show or like, and you see the same people at bars and things like that. I mean, I would say it's kind of a small world when it starts going and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though the city's so huge, it's still, you know, there's not, uh, oh yeah, what's going on over here? It's usually the same kind of, uh, the same, you know, same circle runs where I know, I mean, when I go to a show, I'm like, okay, there's everybody I know when I go over here. Yeah, so mm-hmm. same venue, same people. Yeah, same venue, same people. You, you know, the, there's fluctuations in it there, but like, I would say the core, there's a core group of people and then, uh, that you usually see. But this, especially the other problem with the city is it's so sprawled that, you know, you can drive for, I don't know, like an hour and a half and you're still in the Houston city limits sometimes. <laughs> that, I, I was... I was in Houston. We have a friend, a really good friend, who lives in Houston. But um, I was there like twice, I think. And yeah. the traffic there is unfucking believable. I I was completely like I complain about the traffic here, and then I went there, and it was, I, I couldn't believe it. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> well, it's gotten really bad. That I I work from the house. I don't really see it that yeah, much. Yeah, and especially since COVID. I mean. I mean, I don't really have anywhere to go, so. Well, that's good. <laughs> but I even, know, but I've noticed even, say, going to meet people for lunch or having meetings during the day somewhere that uh, when I get on the freeway, I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> I can't imagine having a job where I had to just be like, okay, cool, I'm driving through 45 minutes of traffic a day to get to work and back. Yeah. Yeah, to go that's like three miles, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be like three, five miles or something. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. He texted me one night and he's like, all right, I'm leaving the hotel. I'm going to the steakhouse. It's like three miles away. And yeah. like 50 minutes later, I'm yeah. like, hello, or did you make it? And he's like, no, I'm still on the fucking yeah, freeway. <laughs> I mean, especially when it gets, you know, certain Fridays, weather gets bad. I mean, just I want to, I mean, like you can use an excuse for the traffic to get worse. <laughs> And you guys have like eight lanes of highway. Yeah. We have three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I came home, I didn't complain for at least two weeks. <laughs> and then I started complaining again. <laughs> yeah, you got to adjust. You're like, this isn't bad. 
So have you heard of um, the Rapid Fire Fest in Charlotte, North Carolina? I have not. No? I, I feel like... Um, so we talked to the promoter of that, like, quite a while ago. A year and a half. An early episode. Yeah. He was promoting that show. It was 2019, November 2019. And um, I, I think Night Cobra would really fit in well with those bands. Who do you have on it? Um, there was a bunch of bands. Like, Paladin was on it, if you're familiar with them. <clears throat> Twisted Tower Dyer, um, Shadow Strike. Children of the Reptile, uh, Throne of Iron. Who, there's a bunch more. Yeah, there's a ton of them. If you're okay with it, we'll send them your information. No, please. You toured around a lot with Venomous, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have like a preference of playing festivals or smaller venues, or does it kind of depend? Um, I guess it all kind of depends. Festivals are always fun, especially because... Usually, festivals I would play are, I mean, everybody in the band I know is playing it or there. Yeah. So I get to see everyone I never get to see in one setting. Yeah. And usually, like, those those niche festivals are bands I actually like, too. Yeah. So get to see friends I never get to see, get to see a bunch of bands I want to see, it's always a good time. Uh, Touring, though, I guess it just depends. Uh, We got lucky with Venomous, where a lot of the tours we did were with people we knew, and the experience was really fun. We were treated really well. Had a great time. Nice. From everything from like a... So the High on Fire tour we did. Like, Trevi does hot sauce for High on Fire. And we played with him a bunch before. And Paul Bear was on there. And they were close friends. And then uh, Lucifer was the only people we didn't know. And we got along with him real well. So being out for a month with everybody, when you get along with everybody is really good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt to play bigger venues where you have a dressing room and everything. Yeah. You have extra space to take care of it. Yeah. Did you, did you find it hard to be away from home for a long time? Uh, usually, I can work from the road. So for me, it's not like I have, it's more missing like my dogs and my wife. Yeah. It gets a little weird. Uh, usually, two weeks is okay. Mm-hmm. Like for me now, where I'm like, okay, cool, it's two weeks. Uh, a month where it's like cool. I've been gone a long time. If it goes longer than that, then I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while. But I mean, touring now. I mean, realistically, something in that range would be cool. I wouldn't want to go out for you know three months or something. Do you miss playing out? A lot. Yeah. Do you have any favorite like uh, any places that you've been in the world? Touring or... Let's see. You want touring or you want visiting? Either one. Whatever Whatever kind of uh, left the biggest impression on you. I would say Bali is one of my favorite places in the world. Um, if you ever get the chance to go, it's a whole other world. Uh, for such a small island, there's so many things to do. So many temples, mountains, hikes, beaches. Just uh, their culture is amazing. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, it's worth. I mean, it's definitely worth going. Were you there recently? Um, other, I went in February. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, it's pretty recent. Yeah. 
right yeah. before the world shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird when we were because we had to, if you fly, uh, we had a layover in Taiwan, so in, and it was right when all that stuff was happening. So it was it was a rather strange airport experience. Yeah, I can imagine. But when you go to airports in Asia, everybody wears face masks anyway, so it's not really super. <laughs> right, yeah. What about musically? Musically, uh, most of the stuff I've done in the U.S. So I had to play Desert Fest in London and Berlin, which was both great times. As far as great music experience in the U.S., I'd say Chicago usually is always a great place for me to play. Hmm. Some places, you know, that's not close to Texas. Yeah. Mm. Atlanta too. Do you have um I think kind of judging from your reaction when we asked about it before your um uh playing the Maryland Death Fest is kind of a bucket list item? Yeah, it was I mean, I tried for years to try to get tennis on there, so uh it was nice uh to finally well, I guess get put on it, so I can say it would be nice to play after it happens. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other bucket list items, like as a musician? Uh, I want. I would like to play "Keep It True" mm-hmm. and "Beyond the Gates." Mm-hmm. Or two ones on the list. Any of those big Europe festivals would be cool, but uh, especially "Beyond the Gates" uh, for Necrofire would be really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. great little festival in Bergen. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Do you have any? Festivals that stick out to you as a spectator that were like your favorites? Um, some of the, like the really big festivals, you know, like Hellfest and things like that, to me are just too big. I mean, I guess they're, they're be, it'd be really great to play, but as far as a patron, like I don't need to go anything that huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a festival in Spain me and my wife went to. We've been twice. Uh, it's called. I'm going to mispronounce it, but I think it's called the Zika Festival. Mm-hmm. But it's in Victoria Gastez in Spain, and we went saw, like, the Helicopters Reunion. And it was a blast, because, I mean, it's a it's a pretty big festival, and I think it would say, like, 20,000 people or more. Yeah. And it starts in the late evening, and, I mean, the first year we saw John Fogarty went on at midnight. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then the Helicopters went on at 2 a.m. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so the festival ended at 4 a.m. And, I mean, it wasn't some small festival. And it wasn't, you know, like, I would say the only thing, it wasn't like an EDM festival or something, they were like dancing all night, but it was, <laughs> it was a little fun. That's cool. Yeah. So your wife likes heavy metal? Yeah, she does. Oh, that's cool. Not so much into black metal, but she likes heavy metal. So if you could have a do-over of anything, any event in your life... In your music life or personal life, what might that be? I don't really know. Well, that's good. I, I would probably answer the I would same say way. I, kind of, <laughs> I, would, I would have to say I kind of more accept things for what happened rather than wondering what could have been. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, what is Baca Larson? Baca is my middle name. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my family immigrated here from Norway like three or four generations ago. Huh. And Baca was originally their last name, and they changed it to Larson when they moved here. Hmm. 
Oh, so According you kept... to my dad, there was, he thought there was going to be too many Bacchus, so they switched it to Larson. <laughs> oh. That didn't work out. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so what's next for you? Like, personally, personally, musically, uh, Night Cobra, Necrofire? So Necrofire record just got finished, yep. and then we need to... Art will be done for a little while... And we need to figure out who's putting it out. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it'll be out next spring. Hopefully in time for MDS. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, Cobra is going to record a full length starting in the end of October. Because we've kind of had this EP for a little bit. It was supposed to come out around Health Heroes. We were playing the pre-party. Except there was no rush to get it done, obviously. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, have, we have most of the record written. I think we have like one song left to finish writing for it and then um, just kind of work on it for a little bit and then go to the studio. Is there anything you'd like to promote or talk about in closing? I think you guys covered everything I do. I'm going to try to do, I think the next thing I'm going to try to do is a little dark wave thing so we'll see how that goes. Oh, that's cool. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Will you be singing on it too? Yeah. Nice. That's cool. I've got a whole bunch of stuff demoed. I just need to figure out how to, like, uh, I I need to get some stuff finalized and actually do it. Nice. Keep us in the loop on that. Definitely. Definitely fans of that stuff. Yes. So, um, we want to thank you for chatting with us. And if you ever need your heart stopped and then started again, our really good friend that lives in Houston is a perfusionist. (laughs) And he's really into metal, <laughs> and he'd definitely help you out. <laughs> Is this something people do? I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's... <laughs> that was so weird, right? I don't know. I just, well, he lives in Houston, so I figured I'd throw it in. <laughs> yeah, one of our best friends... So why is, would someone get their, their heart stopped? I don't know about this. Like for uh, like a med- medical procedure? <laughs> if it's... I guess oh, there's... Oh, okay. Yeah, there's different reasons to stop the heart. Um, even if it's not heart I didn't surgery, know if it was just something weird like a, it was like a sensory deprivation. Oh yeah, for, uh, yeah, you know, no, that, no, that could be too. Sensory <laughs> deprivation. I'm sure it's out there, but, like, but we're not into that. Like, what did you do on Thursday? I was like, I got my heart stopped. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that note. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Christian. It was really great talking to you. Thank you. And uh, we big fans of what you're doing, and we wish you all the success in the future. And keep us in the loop. Yeah, keep us posted on what you're doing. Okay, for sure. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank all you right. very much. Thanks, Christian. Have a good night. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Cool guy, cool combo. Yeah. Great stuff. Yep, definitely great stuff. Um, on top of seeing Blood Feast at the next Maryland Death Fest. Hopefully we can see Necrofire. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. So you randomly uh, texted me this week and told me that um, you think I need a name change and that Fifi is a little inappropriate. (laughs) I thought it was about time I told you what that really meant. And I was like, huh, what does he mean? (laughs) And before I could ask you, you sent me a link. (laughs) Um, an urban dictionary link. Uh, so the first definition was 
Originating in Chicago, a slang word that is defined as a party. Generally a block or house party. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's no big deal. <laughs> Continue. Uh, I scroll down. She is a hoe, a fifi. That girl is a hoe. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I keep scrolling. <laughs> fifi is a noun. Um, a contraption commonly used by prisoners, usually made out of common household materials such as cloth and paper towels that is used for manual sexual stimulation. <laughs> Keep scrolling. <laughs> I'm getting hungry for some rice. <laughs> <laughs> um... Fifi is a glove filled with warm water, cooked rice, or some kind of warm liquid, then configured in a way to use as a woman's vagina, mostly used in prisons. Man, can I borrow your Fifi for later? <laughs> oh, I'm not done. Please continue. Um, ratchet, freaky girl. Uh, she is a Fifi, bruh. She ain't messing with you unless you got some money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, I love that Urban Dictionary. Yep. <laughs> That's, I think it's more credible than Webster's. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Yep. So what are you, what are you going to do about this? I mean, I don't know. I'm. How much does it cost to change your birth certificate? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to look into that. You ready to peace out of here? I'm ready. All right. We're going to end with some Necrofire. With Raise the Dead. And again, we're going to dedicate this one to the bug jar. We miss everyone so much. We do. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. Rock over London. Rock on Rochester. Ajax. Stronger than dirt. Here is Raise the Dead. <laughs>